KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Monday of Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Two hours of sports conversation with you, and thank you for at least carving out some of your morning uh, to spend it with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today at about, oh, 25, 30 minutes after the hour, we will get to Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Got to get Dylan in early. There's a day at, uh, the Big 12 teleconference with all the coaches goes at 11. Uh, so we'd love to have the flexibility to switch Doc and Dylan on Mondays, but say uh, la vie. Dylan Montz, 10.30 from the Ames Tribune. We're going to get Nick Athen in here, Chiefs Insider, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Monday night football tonight, AFC West. Sign me up for that one uh, as the Chiefs try to hold off the surging <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Did you see, by the way, good to see you. You too. Uh, did you see, and I guess maybe this is an every, every week occurrence, especially if the Raiders win in the black hole and off goes Chucky. God, they love him, Trent. As they should. Oh my God, they just love him. He uh, delivered in a big way, had them very relevant for a long time before, of course, mm-hmm. departing to Tampa. Where he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and he is relevant once again. Yeah. He has got that team. You know, I, I had the thought cross my mind as I was watching, flipping back and forth with that one yesterday with Cincinnati in the late window, and I had the mm-hmm. points while I was keeping a close eye on it, was what if the Raiders did have Antonio Brown? The whole yes. the goofiness of the offseason and the frostbite mm-hmm. on the feet and everything was okay. A- do the stories come out? Do we find out the stories that we did? Were the wheels already in motion throughout the summertime? Because I don't believe so. I'm not a reporter. I don't know how those things are done. But I don't believe that's the case. Do these stories come out? Do they make the light of day? Or is he out there with this football team and adding to already a pretty good offense? Yeah, interesting point. Or, or is it, it, does he detract from pretty good offense just because of the shenanigans and uh all the other stuff that goes along with them. But, but they're playing very well. Uh, they are, are they in the playoffs? If I don't know if they might be on the outside looking in. They're very close if they're not. Um, so we shall watch this one tonight as the uh, Raiders in a really good spot. All right, we're going to get to Iowa and Iowa State in just a second. But we've got Nick Athen coming up at 1050, the 11 o'clock hour. Bama Trent and I will go around college football. I assume that we'll start with Tua. Uh, and the Alabama and what what uh, happened uh, nationally uh, in college football this uh, this week maybe my not not necessarily around that game my one of my bigger takeaways how about that quarterback from Old Miss Plumley yes my God Old Miss can run the football well this kid in particular can run the football and LSU's got some warts they do that defense has yes. issues big time and imagining them against Ohio State the Buckeyes or Clemson Trent I think the the, the the what you have to do if you're one of those four teams well if you're one of those four teams you're one you're one of those four teams but I don't think you want to be in the two three because I think right now it's 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 Clemson and Ohio State looking at each other. That's almost a not fair elimination game, but that's what it's all about, and that's why we clamored for the playoff, and that's what we've got. So we shall uh, watch that one. 
But yeah, LSU uh, got some warts in, uh, as far as the run defense, no doubt about that. Uh, and then Scott Dockerman will join us at 11.30. We will recap the Iowa win over Minnesota as they handed Minnesota their first loss of the year. Uh, and then Mr. Monday Night will make an appearance before we skedaddle on out of here at noon. I don't care where we start. Both of the in-staters had resonating wins. Uh, Iowa State beating a Texas team. So let me just tweet it. And I, I could care less about fields. Rushing the field. Oh, does it do it for you? It's the worst sports topic in the history of sports talk radio. It really is. It makes me cringe. But regardless, let me just tweet it. Yeah. And he makes a valid point on this one. So I'll I'll share this one. It's kind of a, a slap at Tom Herman that Iowa State's closed the gap so much on Texas that club fans didn't even budge. Yeah. So that's as far as we'll go. Well, Anyways, I, I, I see things a little bit differently, too, because, I mean, most of the people in the media, they're sitting in the press box or they're down on the field taking video or whatever it is. Most games I go to, I don't go there as a media member. I go as a fan. I sit in a seat and I've stormed the field. And it's fun. Of course, do it. It's a great time. Fill your boots. Have yes. at it. Have fun. Right. Have well, you fun. don't want it, don't do it. Why do we have to sit up here on Mount Pius because we happen to have a microphone and look down nice. upon the people for rushing the field? And how dare you rush the field? Or... How dare the other fans go out there and re- have fun, yeah, enjoy it. Whatever it, you want to do. It's entertainment. Doesn't That's what it us. is. They're uh, not going to be arrested. Nope. They're not going to take anybody down. I was on the field We're spending too much time talking about it, Trent. It's driving me crazy. Let's move on. All right. Let's talk to what happened between the lines, and there were some really good. Both of the games were. You know what? I want to start with the Sally. Can we? Because, you know, it's an Iowa State kicker, and it's been. It's been easy to make him a mark or whoever's mm-hmm. in his spot. There's been a long line. There's been a lot of them, right? And and for him to step up and make that kick, I mean, seriously, great piece of video, by the way. And I think Murph played it last night on Sound Off. Did you see the Cyclone fan that couldn't watch? Yes. I mean, that was phenomenal, right? Was, and yeah. here's the thing. I have to assume that there were, that guy was in every section at Jack Trice Stadium, mm-hmm. right? You, he was you've in every seen section. this song and dance too many times in the past. Yeah, that's turned away from the field because you just can't watch. I'm out! <laughs> and they'll find out by the reaction of the crowd, and that's exactly what That's an awesome piece of video. That's a great piece of video. But as Sally, and good for you, young man, as you split the sticks, and uh, Iowa State gets bowl eligible on that game-winning kick. It was just terrific. The whole leading up to it, the Texas jumping offside, giving Iowa State a free first down, uh, not allowing Texas to get the football back. They played it exactly right. And lo and behold, he made the kick. And here's the thing, Trent. When it left his foot, this wasn't like, oh my God, is it going to... No. It was right down, the, right down the pipe. Yep. Nailed it. Absolutely yep. hit it. You mentioned that offsides penalty, though. It was not Connor Sally that was going to kick that field goal before the No, offsides. I know, and they missed it, before, and the kid missed it, too. Now, that was a little funky. I mean, the offsides is already there. The snap was back. I, I think he was just getting a swing more than anything. Yeah, but, but, but Narvison missed. He did miss. Uh-huh. He did miss that one. If, if that doesn't happen, if the offsides doesn't happen, does Narvison make that kick? No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he does. I don't think, I don't think he does either. Uh, but they, but he's uh, they. Uh, Sally's good from in close, and uh, and he certainly was. Uh, Brock Purdy, that 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 spin when he sucked that defensive end down. As I mean, Trent, this guy, this guy, this defensive end. I don't know if he blinked and put his arms out because he had to think that the next thing he feels is going to be a quarterback in his grasp, <laughs> and he's about to take and spin. He's out of it and finds Deshante Jones, and 75 yards later, Brees Hall is doing Brees, Brees Hall things. Um, 
there's just there's so much good about this football team right now. There's it's it's hard to pick on pick one thing. I mean, Tavon Lyle, we talked about or Kyle rather, talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He jumped off the television screen. He was really good early too. Jamal Johnson was phenomenal yes. in the game. Owazarike was good. The offensive line is finally looking like a college offensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since Iowa State's been able to see that. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Unbelievable, some of the plays that he makes. All right, over in Iowa City, Trent, look at it was it was two halves, right? The first thirty minutes and then the second thirty minutes of football. I thought Brian Ferentz maybe called his best thirty minutes of football and or was it play calling or was it execution of the plays that have been called every week and they just weren't ex I mean, where are you on that? Because I think it's it's, it's a cop out. It is a it's a little bit of both. I think so too. But it's execution. The offensive line and Kyler shot back in there. He did not play well. Mm-mm. He had he did he had a bad game. He was, but there was just something about I think schematically the game plan that they came up with. And they were getting their playmakers the ball. They were getting it to Tyler Goodson, who got the start and was excellent. Yeah, where's Oliver Martin going to play? By the way, I, I don't think there's a spot for there's him. There's not a spot for him. There's not a spot for him. That, look, I think we can we can all think that there's more to this story. Oliver Martin got beat out. Got beat out, there's, and he's been there, banged up. Well, he had an injury in August, mm-hmm. and people tell you he's been banged up all year. He's Who not, is he better? I, I don't know. Not Regani, not Tracy. No. Not Smith. No. Not ISM. None of them. He's the fifth best, best receiver on the roster. I agree with you. And what the fifth best now, receiver? He's got, he obviously can you know compete and get yes, better, and yes. we'll see. But, but for this year, not taking him out. Here's my question about the football game. If I'm going to pick a nit, that's a very small one because uh, Iowa won. Where was... Um, Young at the end of the football game. Where was Torn Young when? Remember when Goodson got dinged up? Yeah, yeah. And and you tweeted, and you're 100 percent right. Why are they snapping the damn ball with 12 oh. seconds left on the play clock? And th- this is not a not just an Iowa thing. Teams do this all the time. We talked about the Wisconsin loss to Illinois. It was because of mm-hmm. that arrogance doing just that. Great point. They had four snaps and double digits yep. as they're trying to run out the clock. Gave Illinois enough time mm-hmm. to come back and win that football game. And the same thing here. That that is as simple as it goes. But it's a I think a relevant question. Yeah, Torn Young needs to be on the field and in, uh, in, in place of Sergeant. They they need they need somebody to pound the football. I thought and mm-hmm. look again. I'm picking. They they won the football game. They knocked off a previously unbeaten Minnesota. Nate Stanley was good. Maybe missed a couple, but Nate Stanley's going to do that every game seemingly. Um, Tyrone Tracy. Um, boy, oh boy, they got something in this kid. Smith Marset is something. Now, did Brandon Smith see the field? Because the announcer said he did. He played one snap. He, that was it, though, right? And it was when Tracy was out, and who else got banged? Oh, uh, Smith Marset were both banged up. So they went. How about that? They went to a banged-up Brandon Smith over Oliver Martin. Mm -hmm. There you go. That says it all, right? Uh, What a different Christian Welsh makes in this football team. It was a And you do wonder, would have the Wisconsin game at least looked a little bit different? Certainly the fourth quarter with Christian Welch in there. Yeah, because those young linebackers, they had a tough day. They did. They 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 played poorly. Yeah, Christian Welch was really good. Hankins and Stone, they did their things in the football game. Kerner dropping an interception. Oh, Trent. And that was a wounded duck our, to our neighbors to the north. And, and I read everything up there, and there was a lot of clamoring and hand-wringing. What was their biggest beef? Well, of course, Phil said it was the worst game that they played all year. Well, I mean, you snuck by Georgia Southern. Did you really play? Yeah, no. No, no. It was the worst game they played maybe in the Big Ten. In the but, Big right, Ten. Right. You can make that argument. Yeah. They, they were here on fire to beat South, Purdue. Uh, South Coast State, too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Fresno in overtime. Mm-hmm. Still, Iowa made mistakes, too. You mentioned early on, and I was scored on that drive, but 
had Smith Marset wide open. They had the mm-hmm. hit and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we didn't get the pl- flags. Well, he got held on that play. There, there are so many of these. I would drop two, if not three, interceptions in this I football think three, game. Three probably. Certainly Kerner. Yeah. Certainly uh, Jamon Col- uh, Colbert. Yep. And there was one other in there. This was not. It was just. Oh, Minnesota just played bad. It, it, no, that's not what this was. This was. Well, they were much better in the second half than they were. They in the were. first half. But I think some of the frustration that's still lingering for Iowa fans, even with the win, is you play great in the first half, and you have all these different things that you're doing. You're moving the football around, and then you have 69 yards of total offense in the second mm-hmm. half. It's a fair and special. Mm-hmm. This is how he wins these games, hang around and win it late, and that's what they did. But at least a little bit of the frustration still lingering with the offense. That was better. That was doing things. You get the win. Another win now. What, five of their last six against top seven teams in November in Kinnick? Is that what it is? That's pretty That's pretty special. That's incredibly right. special to do something like that. I know it's just Minnesota. It's just the Gophers. Just that Minnesota. Is a, just Minnesota good, was unbeaten. That's a good Minnesota team. Yes, they are. They are a very talented team, yep. and I'm going to be very happy when Johnson moves on because yeah. that guy is a stud. Oh, Although I, we I, dropped a couple of balls, Trent. I got a, uh, a number for you. So Dane Belton, they went nickel. Mm-hmm. and they, Well, they went with what they call the cash position. Gave up. When he was targeted, eight passes, he was targeted eight times mm. for 162 yards. Yep. That's bad. They found something there. Yeah. They, they, they found the mismatch they were going to exploit. How about Riley Moss? Yeah. Riley Moss, who stepped up big, didn't he? He has had some rough moments, mm-hmm. but even a year ago against Minnesota, they, they got him a few different times. He had a couple interceptions in that game up at TCF Bank. Same thing He's here. He's got a short memory, Trent. You have he to. He absolutely does. I was in good shape in that defensive yeah, backfield. They are. They're going to be getting guys back healthy, too. Think of the injuries they had. Julius Brents, he's mm-hmm. redshirting this year. Mm-hmm. He'll be back next season. DJ Johnson was in and out of the lineup, back for a full season. How about Merriweather, your starter at that other safety spot? He's going to be taking a redshirt year. There's a lot of talent back there. The future is bright along the defense, but the brightest star was A.J. Epinesa. He played his best game, and I love when they move him inside, Trent, mm-hmm. because he is able to do some things that, uh, or he's able to prevent the offensive line from doing some things to try and uh, keep him uh, from wreaking havoc in a football game, and man, he certainly did this week. Yeah, he looked like the guy that uh, came into the season as a top five uh, projected pick in this coming NFL draft. 94 was all over the field. His best game of the year, I thought. He played well. Golston was out there, really played at Golston high level. Golston has his best game of the year, and it's not even close. He's been play- playing well, too, over the last month. This defensive line is starting to go. Avion Nixon made some plays in the football game. Latimer was all right. Yeah, yeah. Overall, the defensive line played well. You get your middle linebacker back. Mm-hmm. This is still a really, really good defense. Yep. Tanner Morgan, he made some throws and he had some drops back behind him. He was good. Brady Reef too. There were some yeah. Brady Reef moments in the game. Yeah. Uh, who was the other one? Uh, Schulte. He he showed up. I think a couple of times. Yeah. Just overall, it was a great defensive uh-huh. effort against a very talented team. And Minnesota couldn't run the ball. That no. was the other thing. Three very talented running backs. They couldn't find any running room. It was all on Tanner Morgan. Yeah. Do you think that was a product of uh, having to watch a tape from the week before? And it pride a little yeah, bit, yeah, right? Because, yeah. I mean, Taylor ate their lunch. He did. And he did. Look, especially he did, he in the fourth quarter. Especially in the fourth quarter. And that, should, that shouldn't catch anybody off guard because Not if all. you've watched this kid play football, it basically has since he came into the league. Can we talk about Phil Fleck for a moment? What do you want to bring up? Uh, his lying. His, his lying? His lying. Okay. I don't and know this, where you're going. This is the reason that I just I can't stand the guy. And it's because of, of things like this in his press conference after the game. So, as we saw... I saw the press conference after the game. He uh, he got a penalty for mm-hmm. running onto the field. But that wasn't the first time he's done. He does this all the time. He does. 
when guys are down. Right. He because he, he didn't he say in the press conference that he wants he wants his players when they're lying on the field, the first person they see before the trainers get there is him. Didn't he say that? His excuse was that he saw his player laying there motionless. Mm-hmm. And then he brings up Eric Grant, who was one of his players. Right. And was par- and still paralyzed. Is. Yep. Paralyzed. Yep. And this is this is too much for me. The elite, the row, the boat, all that garbage. Fine. Do your thing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody has themes and slogans. and All right. But to come up with this excuse, that I was out there because I saw my player laying motionless on the ground you when mean, he wasn't. But he does that all the time. Sure. And you're not allowed to. You can't just sprint out of the field as a coach whenever you want. Right. <laughs> your, your player was up in two seconds. He was. That's true. He was up. You can't mm-hmm. just sprint onto the field. You can't do these things. And then to bring Eric Legrand in the conversation, that to me was embarrassing. To go yeah. to that level, just to try to cover your own tracks when you made a huge mistake, and he knew he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. That they were still, the I mean, they, they were still good. I was still going to get the ball. Whether yes, he came yeah, right. yeah, because it was a dead ball foul. Right, right. And the personal foul that was against Belton. Belton, yeah. yeah. But it was the play over. They'd be moved back uh, half the distance to the goal. Right. As soon as the ball hit the turf, the play was over. This is the part that I just, I can't trust the guy. Hmm. Say I made a mistake. Put it on you, but instead you're coming up with an excuse. And then you're tugging at the heartstrings, bringing up a player of yours that was paralyzed. Yeah, I can't can't get in his head for that one. He was up. I mean, it was Johnson, right? It was Tyler Johnson, and he he dropped the football. I mean, he's got to make that catch. He hit hit him right in the number. Um, But he was up very early. And because somebody had pointed out you know, a couple of times early in the game when other, under the Gophers were, had gotten hurt that the first guy out there was Phil Fleck. I don't know. He's a different dude. No, he's a different dude. He is a different kind of yeah. guy. I just bringing LeBran- LeGrand into that really, it took me from just disliking him just because he's a goof. And yeah. he's, but I don't have more, as much problem with, I can't get in his head, so I don't have as much problem with you as you do, rather, with, with him. But... Um, you made you made a mistake. Just own it. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Johnson was up. He wasn't like he he didn't linger. He wasn't laying on the turf or anything. He didn't think his player was right. actually paralyzed out there. Mm-hmm. Stop with the excuses. So, so what do you think he was just trying to do? Is he trying to? He was trying to get out there and yell at the officials. I think that's more than anything what it was. Earlier, so in the what game, did he what did he want? He wanted. He wasn't sh- going to get the ball. It was going to cost him two yards. Right. That's all he was going to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He probably thought that he should have got that. It should have been tacked on, and they should have got an automatic first down. Maybe that's what it was, and he was out there hollering about. Yeah, the play was over, Phil. Yeah, let it go, mm-hmm. let it go, dude. It, it, these are the parts that I just—it's a struggle for me. The whole pomp and circumstance, him leading his team out out of the field. He's got to be <laughs> Sprinting, first. Yeah. It's all about Phil. Yeah, he talked about right that. Here. He's thirty-eight and he still can run. I think he said in his press. I did see the press conference you're referring to. The Legrand thing uh, never resonated with me, but I did watch it. Um, yeah, okay, I'll give you that to some extent. Uh, but look, at the story of the day is uh, is Iowa, and that's a big win for this football team. Here comes Illinois. There's still a lot of season to play for, Trent. Yeah, yeah. They're still 9-3 and three with the potential of knocking them. I want Nebraska to win so badly this week. I think we all should. I really do, because if indeed Iowa goes over on Black Friday and beats Nebraska, and they'll be favored to do so, as much as the state hates or the Hawkeye fans hate Nebraska, and that's your right, wouldn't it feel even sweeter to prevent them from postseason? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that just point. be a cherry on top of it? But nobody wants to cheer for Nebraska. If, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you but don't want to cheer. Can't no. you maybe not cheer, but maybe not... Um, you know, save some of your angst. Let it build up for Black Friday. Because if they beat Maryland and they're favored to do so, when they kick the ball off, 
what time is it? One thirty in the afternoon. Yes, one o'clock. One thirty yeah. on the afternoon. Uh, a week from Friday, and to be able to beat your rival and prevent them from postseason, I think it even makes it sweeter. Knocking them out of a bowl mm-hmm. game, it does. But you're still not going to find a Hawkeye fan that's going to root. Or will admit to, not rooting, not openly rooting, but you know what? If you can look the other way if they get past Maryland. So I watched week. a lot of the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. That was I my main too. game in the early window. Likewise. They were moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Martinez looked good at times. but He it just, had to, Trent. He had so many guys that were out. It just never felt like they were actually in that game. It no. was just... Wisconsin kept them at an arm's mm-hmm, distance. Mm-hmm. And They're covered, better. right? Wisconsin covered. They, they did, yeah. yeah. Got the got the late uh, touchdown. I that thought it'd it be tight. Um, but I'm, I'm like you. I never thought that Wisconsin was in any jeopardy no. of, of losing this football game. They're just better. Point. They're more physical. Uh-huh. They can kind of do whatever they wanted whenever well, Nebraska, look, they, make uh, a Nebraska run. scored to make it 7 nothing. in the ensuing kickoff. They, turned, they returned the kickoff at 7-7. Yeah. I mean, any momentum. The balloons hadn't even, you know, they were still in sight for crying out loud. Still lingering. tied. Oh man, I don't like that. No, I, I don't like that uh, that tradition they have over there. I just I get a kick out of it when they're getting shut out in the fourth quarter. And those, they're still holding on. Those to goons are still sitting there holding on to a red balloon. You know who's happy with that? The PETA folks are happy with that because yes. there's no birds eating those balloons. Landed in lakes, fish that, eating them down. That's true. I'm surprised that that's still a thing. Honestly, they got to be like biodegradable or something. Right. There's got to be some kind of specialty over there. I don't know my balloons, Trent. I'll have to take your word on it. All right, Dillamon's coming up at the uh, at the bottom of the hour. Just real quick on the NFL from uh, from yesterday. Really nice win for the Vikings mm-hmm. after they slept walk through the first 30 minutes of that football game. 45. 45, to be honest, yeah, because they, uh, well, they scored in the third quarter, they but did. the fourth quarter was really good. Um, first time since 1994 a team down 16 or more in the fourth quarter has won a game in the NFL. I found that incredible. Really? That first time since 94. Well, yeah, there, there was one that's, uh, what was it, a team that was down 20 plus going into the second half was 0 99. So if you if you were up twenty nothing kicking the ball off in the second the the last uh, was zero and ninety nine and now it's one and ninety nine as the Vikings came back to beat the Broncos I'm glad they did here's the thing about Denver I think they're getting better yeah I as, as a Broncos fan look you want to lose the rest of your game I truly believe this I really do you want a good pick in the first round and a good pick in the second round and you know maybe your guy's not going to be there if you if you're whatever but but. I think you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not sure that they have a quarterback, although I think Brandon Allen's good. He's fine. I think he is. Who would you rather have, Brandon Allen or Mitch Trubisky? Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Boy, Trent. It's bad. Here's the worst part about this if you're a Bears fan. you got a really good defense, mm-hmm. and you don't want to waste these defenses. Oh, it's wasted. I know. It's wasted. Oh, it's clearly wasted. Be- best case scenario next year, who's a quarterback? You've mentioned Cam Newton. I don't know. Certainly doesn't do much for no, me. No, I don't think he should. Cam Newton hasn't been the same quarterback since he made the business decision in the Super Bowl to not fall on the fumble that was at his feet in the Super Bowl. Not week three, not week nine, the Super Bowl. Jameis Winston, isn't he coming up to the end he of his is? contract? You know, he's, you know, it depends. He's two good games, one. Oh, my God, how is this guy in the league? Yeah, he is uh, on pace right now to break. Saw this stat during the game yesterday, the Bucks game. Uh, if he has now 14 turnovers, interceptions and fumbles, over his final, what, six games left, he will mm-hmm. break this player's record for most turnovers in their first five years of their career. Take a guess. You're talking Jameis Winston. Yes. He's got to turn it over 14 more times to break the record. Is he, is he, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? He is not. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
I don't know. Solid quarterback. But not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer. Number two on the list, Peyton Manning. I was going to say, that's that was going to be my mm-hmm. guess. That's why I was asking. Number Wait, one? Who is it? Jake Plummer. What are your old quarterbacks? Well, he, he but he did his bad stuff in there. Well, he did some bad stuff in Denver. He too, did. But most he did. of his uh, uh, his body of work was comprised in Arizona. Not exactly a conversation you want to be. But he wasn't in. a terrible quarterback, Jake Plummer. No, he was fine. Jake Plummer was all right. He was all right. Yeah. yeah. And Peyton Manning, of course, turned into yeah. what well, that first season he had what thirty interceptions, something oh, yes. like that. Troy Aikman. I mean, John Elway lined up under guard. <laughs> It's tough. This league is tough. It is. It is. If Jameis Winston was the quarterback for the Bears next year, he's he's really talented. Mm-hmm. They would have to get a lot more help, though, outside. We need an offensive line, too. That, that would help? At least some parts. Could they figure out James Daniels inside? What is going on there? I don't know, Trent. Cody Whitehair can't snap. Uh-uh. He can't snap the football. Why don't they just... It's, isn't it an easy fix? You, you you go here and you take his place. That's what they tried right? for the first, what, nine games of the season, and then they moved Daniels back outside to guard. And then your kicker, Pinheiro. Oh, he, he, garbage. And, no, no, no open competition. That conversation late in the game, they showed him, Nagy, talking to Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Is that conversation, I'm going to pull you here, let's make up an injury? Is that what they were talking about there? Well, they came up with the hip very quickly afterwards because I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, because I guess Sunday Night Football, NBC had to ask the Bears what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Michael's Michael's mentioned during the broadcast, we've asked, and they they don't know nothing. They're caught off guard by this. And then very soon after that, the Bears' Twitter account tweeted out that Mitchell Trubisky's out with a hip injury. Yeah, please. He his said it was late in the hurt. first half. Yeah, his feelings are hurt, not his hips hurt. He's not a good quarterback. He's not. Ryan Pace is not a good GM. His days are done, right? Well, he moved you, up to number two. You, know, you can't make that move, Trent. You can't make it. No? I, no, no, no. I'm just saying as Brian, oh, Ryan as, Pace. As yeah. Ryan Pace, yeah. yeah. Especially if he's not... I mean, I don't know where Trubisky's going to be next year. Probably in Chicago, but certainly as the backup playing, mm-hmm. playing the role of Jace Chase Daniel, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Dylan Montz joins the program next. Uh, Nick Athen, about 10 minutes before the hour of 11, will opine on the Monday Nighter. Don't look now, Chiefs fans. Here come the Raiders. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. I used to hate when Princeton did that. Why did I do that? Because Princeton did it every time he talked. The Raiders. Jim, just say it normal. <laughs> Uh, we're here till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. A dream builder. It's 24-hour sports, m- morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Nick Athen on the Chiefs here in about, oh, 20 minutes. A little bit less than that. Right now, let's get Dylan Monson here, Ames Tribune. He's about to listen in on Matt Campbell's teleconference. Final home game of the regular season this uh, Saturday, 11 o'clock in the morning, Jack Trice Stadium. Boy, it goes fast, doesn't it, Dylan? Yeah, it's really hard to believe that we're talking about that point in the year uh, when you think back to the Northern Iowa game early in the year, the Iowa game and all the game day hoopla that went into that. And yep. Here we are uh, toward the tail end of the regular season, so it goes quick. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, look, at uh, that was a um, it was a fun football game. It really was. Iowa State's got the lead. Here comes Texas roaring back. They take the lead. 
And and then the way it ended with uh, you know Texas jumping offside, allowing Iowa State to dictate how they were going to play the final uh, sequence out, and uh, they set it up. And and Connor Sally, good for him because I'm guessing there was a whole bunch of people that you know crossing their fingers or whatever superstition that they were able was their go to superstition in their seat or in their living rooms. They were doing it, but uh, it was a no doubt about it. Sally kicked it right down the middle. I think everybody in the press box did control all the lead on their stories two or three times in the second half with uh, how the the different turns that game took. But yeah, I know there was uh, some buzz and chatters. You know, should they have just tried to go for the touchdown? Do you leave it in the hands of the kicker? Even though um, he, he's made some kicks for you and he's done some good things, but um, you know it's a high pressure situation. But obviously they. They uh, went to the center, Purdy kneeled it, and uh, it was right down the middle. So uh, good for him, just given kind of um, you know his his arc uh, being a walk on and yeah. uh, not really given a chance uh, to even have that job until um, fall camp of 2018. So uh, really impressive, and, and it also obviously lifts Iowa State into. Uh, a different conversation than we would have been having when you stare at possibility of eight and four versus maybe mm-hmm. six and six. Yep, Dylan. As you know, throughout our years of conversing, I'm a big offensive line guy, and Ken brought up the O line earlier in the program today. It seems like everything is clicking now. Everything is put back together, and I'm already peeking ahead to next next year. But there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be moving on off this offensive line group. How they came together? How much of that needs to go back to Tom Manning? I know he's not the offensive line coach as he was before he departed to the Colts in the NFL, but a guy that certainly has a lot of input. How much do you put at the feet of Manning? Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, like you mentioned, he's not the offensive line coach anymore, but he is obviously, as the offensive coordinator, really involved with that group. Matt Campbell is as well. Uh, you go back to fall camp practices and, um, you know, all the skill positions will be doing different drills and you'll see, Matt Campbell, Tom Manning, and Jeff Myers, who is the offensive line coach down there working with that group. And even uh, during pregame warm-ups, um, Matt Campbell's down with Tom Manning and Jeff Myers watching the centers and quarterbacks exchange snaps um, to the first team, second team, third team, fourth team, so on. Um, so the, 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 obviously they're heavily involved. And as Myers is the offensive line coach, he's a disciple of, of those guys as well, played for him at, at Toledo. But um, you know, Manning is kind of the, the head of that, just given his, his role within the offense. So uh, pretty pretty incredible what what that group has been able to do after um, the first few weeks where you thought it was it just more of the same uh, from what we've seen the last several years. So uh, kudos to those guys for really figuring something out. Kudos to Jamal Johnson for really finishing out his uh, his senior season. I think he's playing his best football of his career at the, you know, the final month of his season. And he was really, really good, I thought, against Texas, Dylan. Yeah, and he got the start over Ray Lee. Yeah, I saw that. We, we didn't get to talk about it with Matt Campbell. There was uh, a lot of other stuff, obviously, to get to. So hopefully um, either today or tomorrow we'll have a little bit more on Jamal Johnson and, and what went into that, whether it was a matchup that they saw there. Obviously, um, he, he's in there a lot anyway, especially on third downs, but uh, really impressive. And I, I think he was um, uh, involved in that um, blowing up the screen there late, too, on Texas's last drive. Um, that gave Iowa State a chance to get the ball back and go down and kick um, the game winner. But uh, really impressive, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know Matt Campbell's kind of kicking himself a little bit that they couldn't find a way to redshirt him mm-hmm. uh, in 2016, so they have another year, especially with all the turnover that's going to go on with the defensive line. But a uh, really impressive um, way for him to end his, his senior year. Do you think you'll get a sniff, Dylan, at the next level? I mean, they list him at six feet. Is he six feet? 
Yeah, um, maybe not quite. Okay. Uh, there, there's always a little bit. I, I, he's not far off. Um, I don't know if he's quite six feet, but it's not, uh, you know, one of those two or three inch type of deals. I think he... He, he might not be quite there, but he's pretty close. So I just wonder, just, uh, you know, I mean, NFL process, because we're seeing some guys, if you can play in the middle of the line, you don't have to be 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, now, there's not a lot of 5'11", 6-foot guys in there, but have you heard anything as far as his uh, next-level possibilities? I'm sure he'll get an opportunity, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I haven't heard much, but, um, you know, the, probably the reason we haven't heard Too early. As, as much as we should, it's early, but also... I think people are, they read so much into the height stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think once you kind of get to the end of the season, if you have some good performances like he did, like he did on Saturday, I think um, they're willing to overlook some of those things. And he's a really smart kid, too. So I think that, that goes a long way. Even um, aside from the Texas game, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a game early in the year. He did kind of the same thing and, and gave him a chance to get off the field. So uh, I, I think uh, what he lacks maybe in height, uh, I think he can make up for in other ways. So I would imagine he'll get some sort of opportunity um, this spring to kind of go in and, and work out in front of some teams and, and maybe um, wind his way up on a uh, NFL roster or practice squad next year. Dylan, we saw the reemergence of Will McDonald out there making Oof. some plays, had a sack, a couple of hurries. He showed up in a big way. Such an interesting, dynamic player. Makes the move from linebacker, hand down, back and forth, linebacker, defensive end. What is he going to be? Going forward, where is his home, number nine, Will McDonald? Yeah, I'd imagine he would stick on the defensive line now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they tried him at linebacker, and it was good. But he's he's as big as he is, he's almost a tweener uh, between a defensive lineman and the linebacker, or defensive end, I should say. But I think if he adds some weight, in the offseason, I think his home is that defensive line, especially when you talk about any Wazirike is going to be going into his last year. And, you know, Will McDonald uh, could end up playing almost as many snaps as him next year, I'm sure, if he does add that weight. But I, I think he looks more natural there. Um, you're not asked to do as much. Uh, you just got to get out there, uh, you know, rush the tackle and, and find a way to get to the ball. And he, he did that really well uh, against Texas. He bowled over um, the, the blocker that he was – he was against and, and went and got Ellinger. So I think that's probably his natural spot, um, but it's going to be interesting to see, again, what kind of transformation he can make in the offseason. Can it be uh, even a fraction of what Zach Peterson did uh, last year coming in and adding 40 pounds or whatever to his frame and, and playing as well as he is? So mm. um, I, I think that's probably his home and it's going to be interesting. Uh, my last thing for you, Dylan, uh, Lawrence White, I thought he was really good as well. And he's had his moments uh, both ways. Uh, I thought uh, the Texas game, number 11, made a ton of plays. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that maybe doesn't get talked about as much. And there there will be hiccups here and there, just like there is with anybody. But uh, what did he have that last sack uh, on Ellinger, the, mm-hmm. the, whatever, to stop him? But, yeah, I think um, he's kind of grown up and matured in the program as well. And, he was playing with some experienced guys in the past when you talk about Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne and, you know, even going back several years with Kamari Cotton Moya. Um, he, he's kind of been there all along, and now he's kind of the guy people are looking to, especially as Greg Eisworth is kind of working his way back to health. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there was a lot of questions about what the secondary is going to be like, and, um, you know, there's been ups and downs with that group, certainly, but, um, you know, he, he's been as steady maybe as, as they've had back there just because of some of the, um, injury stuff with, with an Eisworth who, who you really rely on, but uh, impressive year for him, too. How was that uh, not pass interference on Chase Allen? Yeah. I, I mean, no sheesh. 
<laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe the, the officials are looking over at the line or the scoreboard or whatever know. it was. But yeah, um, yeah, tough. <laughs> I'll say, uh, boys. You know, it's going to be a. Uh, I don't know when uh, when seniors uh, the senior day celebration is going to take place. I mean, what time it's going to start? Uh, but they got a whole bunch of guys that are going to be out on the field. I mean, there's a I mean, most uh, four of the five offensive linemen: Deshante Jones, Petway, Crony. Who am I missing on? I think that's it on offense, right? Uh, then on the other side of the football, of course, Spears, Lima, Johnson, uh, Braxton Lewis. Yeah, that um, it. My missing Bickham. Bickham, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a I bunch of dudes. It. So, yeah, so some pretty important guys. But I think there are obviously a lot. You know, you think about the names you didn't mention. There's, there's going to be a lot too. You know, Jaquan Bailey. I don't think we'll go through that. Right. I think that's kind of the the, the plan that Matt Campbell said a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that he'll be back in 2020. But oh, yeah, McMillan, some, the linebacker, 44. McMillan, yep. yep. Yeah, I'd have to run down the roster to find everybody. But, yeah, yeah it's, there's going to be a lot of important faces that uh, go through that. And, um, you know, oh, yeah, the offensive line you mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it usually takes place um, during warm-ups in the, in the lead-up. It is yep. done in the past. Everybody kind of runs out through the tunnel with their families and stuff. So I, I imagine in the, you know, half hour or whatever leading up to kickoff is when it'll happen. The big Aussie, Matt Leo. There you go. In the field for the final time. How old is he? Isn't he 20, what, 27? 27, yeah. yeah he, he's literally, not exaggerating, he's literally almost as old as me. That's crazy. By a couple months. <laughs> Dylan, good stuff. We'll talk to you on Friday. Kansas coming to town 11 o'clock in the morning. When will we find out what time the K-State game kicks? Uh, hopefully around 11. So not, oh, not good. Far off, unless it's one of those six-day window type of things. Um, which I don't think it will be, but uh, we should know definitively uh, around 11 or maybe a little bit after. Did you see the end of the Oklahoma-Baylor game? <laughs> I didn't. I was making my way back from Ames. Uh, I, I watched some of the highlights, though, and um, just un- unbelievable. Really uh, I know Jalen Hurts had a couple gaps here and there, but mm-hmm. uh, he's impressive, and they didn't have C.D. Lamb either, so right. uh, I don't know really how they did it, especially with the way Baylor's played defensively this year. Good stuff, Dylan. We'll talk to you on Friday. Have a good week. Yeah, you too, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Read Dylan. AmesTrib.com. AmesTrib.com. So I took a peek when it was 21-3 at the live line. For the, in the Iowa State game? No, yeah. in the Oklahoma. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was still only Oklahoma plus 375. I saw you tweet that, actually. Like, oh, well, a lot of, a lot of, a lot I should have waited until it got to 28-3. Probably would have bumped up to what? Plus six hundred? Yeah, at that point you would think seven fifty came roaring. What a I, I love! I love their chances of coming back, even as poorly as they were playing. Just never found that right place. Price, I, I love looking at those live lines. Just how they mm-hmm. fluctuate, mm-hmm. even throughout the course of a drive. It's it's fun to watch. And there's many people out there, pros that bet. And that's all they do. They yeah. do not bet. They look, pretty they flop. Want to, uh, right. They want to find a vulnerability mm-hmm. if they can. All right. Uh, we will talk with our buddy Nick Athen, ChiefsInsider.next. Nick will join us. We will uh, take a look at MNF. Uh, you can read Nick Primetime Sports talk.com primetime sports talk.com he joins the program next trent and i till noon it's des moines sports station 146 lawfirm.com kxno in your pocket with iheart radio on your smartphone this is des moines sports station 1460 kxno hi welcome back miller and con in des moines sports station 1460 kxno let's spend some time with the 
Vice President of Operations, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. That's a big title. Nick Athen deserves it. Nick, good to speak with you. How are you, Trenton Ken? I'm doing pretty good, guys. How are you doing? Thanks oh, for that nice intro. Absolutely. How's how's the site doing, Primetime Sports Talk? Actually, it's doing really well. It was, good. It was a merger. It's a merger we did. We're really happy. We've got uh, probably a staff of about 65 writers, so it's uh, it's been great. Yeah, there's a lot of content up there, Nick. No doubt about it. I recommend primetimesportstalk.com. Spend some, uh, carve out some time and uh, read some stuff. Uh, Nick, let's uh, all of a sudden don't look now. Here come the Raiders, right? And um, look, I, I I do this every year, and Trent reminds me you do this every year when I get to bump from the uh, from the hard knocks, and it was the Raiders in the spotlight this year. I thought they were going to be better for the first time. I think I'm going to be right when it comes to this. Raiders are quietly putting together a pretty good season. Uh, big spot for the Chiefs tonight to try and hold them off. Yeah, no, this is this is as much as it gets for the Chiefs. I mean, they're going to have to win this ball game. Uh, it'll be the first time their offensive line is together. Which will certainly help. Certainly, actually, I think every offensive player that was expected to start will be on the field for the first time this season. The Damian Williams was out uh, week one. Uh, yeah, I mean the Raiders. I mean they're six and four, six wins by seven points or less. That means you're living right more times than you're not. Um, I thought they looked pretty average yesterday against the Bengals. I mean, they should have blown that team out by 30 points, uh, but they struggled. So I, I, I'm not going to annoy them as the AFC West chance, but, uh, you know, they do have a chance to get that six wild card spot in their schedule. They go to at New York and at Kansas City the next two weeks. After that, they got complete cakewalks. So uh, we'll know about the Raiders after the next two games. Taking a look at the Chargers, a banged-up team. They've been uh, in and out with their offensive tackles and the offensive line as a whole, defensive injuries, and a new offensive coordinator after they jettisoned. Ken Wozenhut out even after a victory against the Bears here a few weeks back. When you look across and you look at that Chargers team, what are you seeing? Uh, I mean, they've still got old man Rivers. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's just, you know, he, he plays well against the Chiefs. So the only time the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs obviously had his number but seven out of the last eight, but that's lot, largely because they've been putting a lot of pressure in their offensive line, the right tackle, left tackle, and I don't even know it's going to play tonight. Um, you know, they certainly have some injuries on their defense, but I thought the move to switch coordinators clearly was evident in the way they played against the Packers. Um, so I, I, I think, listen, this is a team that, that they beat the Chiefs, but the 20, 30 points, you know, if Patrick Mahomes decides, if Amy Reid actually takes the shackles off Patrick Mahomes, then I think absolutely, um, you know, this is going to be a good game. But for them right now, they got running backs, they got receivers, they got a veteran quarterback. Those are not good recipes for a Chiefs defense that really took it. Yeah, having a little struggle with your cell phone there, Nick. Maybe you can move a, st- a foot or two because uh, you're you're going in and out. Uh, let me let me ask you about the, how they they handled this uh, this week in preparation for Mexico. The Chargers packed up everything and went to Colorado Springs and used uh, the Air Force's facilities and they trained in Colorado Springs. The Chiefs have stayed home. I don't know if it's between the years. I don't, but but both teams handled it differently. Did you read anything into that? No, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they both the teams play in Denver and they play in high altitude, so they certainly know what to experience. Um, I think maybe they just wanted to get out of L.A. for a week and just get away from all the noise and trying to refocus and and uh, just kind of do what they have to do to, to prepare for this game. You know, I don't think it really gives one team an edge over the other. Um, I know the Chiefs had, you know, talked about doing that last year uh, when they were going to be playing in Mexico and the league told them no. So um, I, I just think, hey, it's just that maybe it's just a time to get the team away, get them focused for what's ahead. 
What can you tell us about Damian Williams? He showed up on the practice report as questionable on Friday, Uh not because of an injury, but because of what they're calling a family personal matter. Looks like he's back to Mexico. He's ready to go. But what do you know about this situation and all systems go with Williams at running back tonight? Yeah, you know, I don't know. That that just tells me that he's in Andy Reid's doghouse. Mm. Um, same thing with McCoy last week. You know, I think that both of them were have had some time in Andy Reid's doghouse. And, you know, I think this is a way for them to motivate him uh, to get him ready to hold on to the football and start making plays. I mean, he was so good at the end of last year for the Chiefs. And, you know, he, they just don't trust him enough. And, and mm-hmm. uh, that's something the Chiefs are going to have to do. They're going to have to they're going to have to run this football to be successful. You know, to make a deep run in the postseason. And right now, Williams is probably their best option because of the inconsistency with McCoy. Yeah, did McCoy even get a carry against uh, Tennessee? I think no. he was inactive. Was he? Yeah, he, he was inactive. They didn't suit him up at all. Wow, that that's surprising. Uh, that Tennessee game, Nick. You, I mean, I don't have this. I have no idea, obviously, how the season's going to play itself out. But boy, you're going to be looking back in that one, right? Was, how did they lose that football game? Uh, you know, you can blame Andy Reid for some really poor play calling. Um, you can you can blame the defense. You can blame the special teams. I mean, they did everything to hand that football game to the Titans, and, and this happens. I mean, this is. This is why you question Andy Reid sometimes when he just doesn't know how to put the throttle down on a team. You know, he clearly, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you give him the ball, third down, fourth down, it makes no difference. You put the ball in his hands and you don't design a play for a backup tight end who's injured. Um, you know, none of, none of what he did in the fourth quarter made a whole lot of sense to me, but you know, this team always has losses like this. But again, you know, who thought the Falcons were going to go wipe the, wipe the slate with the Saints last weekend either? So. Mm-hmm. You know, any given Sunday, and right now that Sandy Reid and the Chiefs are allowing any given Sunday to take new meaning, that's that's four losses now based on penalties or turnovers um, or the inability to contain a quarterback when they had him in their grasp. So one play in each one of those games, and the Chiefs are undefeated. So at, at this point, they have to break the shackle to this, and Andy Reid has to let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes and quit trying to overthink things and complicate things Listen, Bill Belichick doesn't take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands ever. Andy Reid needs to do the same with Patrick Mahomes. Final thing for me, offensive line getting back healthy, that's good. You Hopefully uh, defensive buttons get pushed this week for the Chiefs on their side. But the third component, Dave Tobin, his special teams unit, uncharacteristically awful against the Titans. Uh, two field goals that went completely awry. What, what the, was it uh, Hardwin that tried to return a punt inside the five? It was just ridiculous. one thing yep. after another, special teams, with one of the best and most respected special team coaches out there. you got to anticipate that'll mm-hmm. be cleaned up this week. No, it's going to have to be. I mean, I think they need to put Tyreek Hill back on special teams. They, they, mm-hmm. they need a spark. Um, a big team, if you watch, teams are kicking short to Hardman because he has a history of fumbling, and they want him to make a return because ah. he doesn't secure the ball. So I think one of the reasons why you've seen you know, them struggle a little bit. I think the other thing, too, is just, you know, you never see the mistake from, from what the Chiefs have. I mean, you know, one special teams with, with field goals, I mean, it just doesn't happen. So I just call that kind of a fluke. Um, I'm not going to complain about that offsides. They're not offsides on the block. It was sure close. Yeah, it was close enough, but they weren't going to call it, and there's no, there's no way to review it, um, even though it is a reviewable play at the end of the game. But nonetheless, um, that that definitely will be cleaned up. But I think you'll see Tyreek Hill on special teams this week. Uh, last thing for you, Nick. Uh, who's the best team in the AFC? It's not even close. The Baltimore Ravens. I agree with you. I agree. It's not even close. Opening some eyes. Nick, great stuff. Uh, bye week coming up, so we'll grab you on uh, Thanksgiving week at some point. Thank you, Nick Athen. Guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Appreciate good it. to talk to you. Nick Athen.
Chiefs Insiders, where he's, that's his Twitter handle. You can read Nick and all the other sports content, primetimesportstalk.com. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will talk college football. We'll go around it on a national perspective. Scott Dockerman, bottom of the 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon, here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.